Today's episode is all about staying sane or not during COVID. We'll talk about what's been stressing us, how we've dealt or not with this new change of pace in life and give you some of our suggestions for trying to keep your cool during this bizarre time. Hey, Lois. Hey, Lydia. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? So good to actually sit down and record this with you. Totally agree. We've been meaning to do this for a long time. And I think especially now, uh, because we're both moms and we've got so much going on in our lives with our kids being at home all the freaking time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's so good to just spend some time with a friend, isn't it? Yeah, completely. I think it's good for our mental health. Um, and, you know, I think it's this whole situation at the moment is really bad for our kids' mental health, actually. Mm. Um, I think there's a lot of varying different sort of varying opinions about COVID in general and um, religion. It's kind of like a religion, isn't it? Where some everyone's taken a different stance and we do this, but we don't do this. And you do this, but you don't do this. And, you know, it that's fine. And I don't, I really, really try hard not to judge anyone. Um, although I'm sure, you know, everybody judges on some level. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we do. It's yeah, just part of yeah, human nature, exactly, isn't it? Exactly. Can't help it. <laughs> but the, kid, the kids not being at school is, is a real problem for me. And it's not just from the point of view as a parent, because it's hard for me, but it's hard for them. I mean, I've seen it directly affect them. Yeah. So, I mean, just so we can kind of um, introduce ourselves, I think, a little bit better to our listeners so they, uh, you know, know our lives and sort of what we're dealing with. I mean, I've got three kids, ages nine, seven, and five, and Lois? I have three kids at home. My oldest is um, nearly nine, my second is nearly, um, oh gosh, how old is she? She's nearly six. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, wow, it took a minute. And yeah. I have a baby at the moment who's nearly six months old. Yeah. And so, you know, having three kids, uh, it's it's a lot. And as you were just saying, um, it takes a toll on our mental health and theirs, being around them all day long. And for the kids, I think, you know, not being able to interact with their friends, with their peers, not going to school and not having that structure. And from what I understand about the nature of children is that they thrive on structure. I mean, have you, have you noticed that with your kids? Yeah, totally. I feel like even though, I mean, they are doing quite a good job, the school at the moment, our kids are actually at the same school. Yeah. Um, and I think that they, um, they've provided a good online service, unlike last time where everyone was kind of scrambling around trying to find what they can give the kids and mm. they kind of sent them home with those packs. Do you remember? Like massive packs of paper. Yeah. Um, portraits. Like, super um, daunting <laughs> as well, right? Yeah. Just like and, what? <laughs> yeah, like a million books. Yeah. And, and now at least they have some sort of structure <clears throat> and schedule to the the homeschooling or whatever you want to call it, home learning. Um, but I definitely think that our kids still don't have the much needed support of their friends um, and their teachers, I think, give them a lot as well. You know, they, they teach them a lot, but they also there for them and they have a very different relationship with them to how they have with us and us trying to be their teachers. 
at school as well as in life, I think is a really difficult thing. Yeah, it's basically, I mean, talk about being a jack of all trades. Mm. I think as mothers, we kind of fulfill so many roles anyway, as it is. And now it's like this on top of everything. And you know, what it's made me think of uh, are all the mothers who actually choose to homeschool their kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I thought once, I thought maybe I'll try that. You know, maybe it's a really good idea. And I'm yeah. thinking not so much for me anymore totally fine if that's what you want to do but I don't know it's once they've been at school I think it's really hard to then take them into a different environment Mm. and when they're so used to being around their peers I think yeah I mean I I'm really looking forward to when the schools reopen yeah I guess we don't know when that is do we the (laughs) The government keeps saying different things but um, you know, I I think one thing that's helped me with my mental health is uh, not focusing on that, not focusing on and hoping for that date being sooner rather than later. I think in recent weeks, I've come to terms with the fact that we may be quite deep in this still for a long time, yeah. could be still some number of months. And I think that certainly as a, as a parent, um, that, and as an adult, it helps me to just, it kind of, I'm able to relax when I think about it from that perspective to kind of almost like go with it, go into it. And I was talking about this with someone the other day, when something is difficult or painful, I think often a natural, um, instinct is to pull back and resist. And I think that with something like the stress that we're dealing with and the uncertainty of the times, just allowing yourself to go into it, Mm -hmm. to really be one with it (laughs) and to just kind of just sit there for a little while and imagine yourself as if this is just going to be your reality for a while. And then ask yourself the question, like, if that is the case, well, then how can I make the best of it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah. and that that's helped yeah. me in terms mm-hmm. of a coping mechanism for me. And, and, you know, the kids don't get that. They can't grasp that. But kids tend, from my experience, to live more in the moment anyway. So I think that they're, you know, they're happy so long as their needs are being met. And I think we just can try to do more things to provide them with as much stimulus as possible, given the circumstances. Yeah, I very much think that I agree. Kids are very resilient and they will, you know, get over this and they'll be okay. They will be okay. I think the government are doing a massive disservice to our children for closing the schools again, but that's my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not saying they're not going to be fine, but I still think it's, it's, look, life's unfair, but I, I think it is unfair to take that away from kids that don't have a choice, you know, whereas we're adults and... Although, again, it affects adults, even adults in completely different ways. I mean, the repercussions of lockdown in terms of, you know, suicides and job loss and all of those things Mm. have been far greater, obviously, than actual COVID deaths. So, you know, there's all of these things to consider as well. But I, I was thinking about what you said just now about, you know, being at one with it and kind of going into it. And I'm thinking that kind of relates to how I feel about, you know, now I've kind of taught myself that the things that I cannot control, I need to just let go. And the things that I can control, I just, you know, do the best I can to 
control what I can in in a good way and not like oh you know like have loads of lists and charts and you know like go crazy but in the sense that you know I need to kind of keep in check what I can keep in check in my own head my fit you know my physical health my mental health my kids mental health my kids physical health yeah what we eat what we sleep what we breathe you know that kind of thing um, I don't really watch the news because it gives me anxiety. Oh, no, I can't so, watch it. It's awful. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I just gives me anxiety. Mm. And I think that anybody that is feeling anxious um, and kind of doesn't want to have that fear constantly projected into their lives, maybe should stop watching the news. It's I, not to, to say that you're not, you know, yeah. you, you don't believe it's going on and you're living in a dream world, but you just need to take out the anxiety and the fear from your life. Yeah. Because it it can actually affect your, your mental health and your physical health. Mm, Massively, absolutely. you know, affect your immune system. It does. And I think that, you know, it's it's very downplayed how much stress uh, affects one's immune system. And I think, like, this is what the media does, right? Constantly feeding us with the latest headline and fear-mongering us to the point of illness, mm. mental illness. Yeah. And then, of course, that manifests itself in one's body. And I think, as you just said, that's just so poignant. We must choose wisely what we feed ourselves. Yeah, and I don't just mean food. Yeah. I mean what we put in our minds. You must <clears throat> choose wisely and choose consciously. And that's what I think, you know, like this podcast for us is all about, is about talking about things in a conscious way and hopefully, you know, inspiring others to make more conscious decisions, yeah, more exactly. awake decisions yeah. in Be their lives. Be aware of what's going on in your life. And like I said, what you can control. Be conscious about what you can control. Be conscious about what you read, what you see, what you hear, what you eat. Yeah. What you, you know, all of those things. You know, and I think you know, that in and of itself can cause people some level of anxiety just thinking oh like I need to constantly be aware of what I'm thinking about but it's it's not meant to and I think that if sort of practiced um, in the right way just sort of be gently gently practicing it be kind to yourself you know ask yourself questions like why am I watching this right now is it good for me is it hurting me is it helping me? Is it making me feel happy? And if something, whether it's something you're watching, reading, doing, someone you're spending time with, something you're eating isn't working for you, then ask yourself the question, like, why am I doing it, right? Because as human beings, we always have a choice. Um, and as you just said, Lois, not everything we can control, but within the sphere of what we can control and that is quite a lot, mm -hmm. uh, we should be thinking, yeah. just thinking. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and passing that, on, that message on to our kids. Yeah, I definitely, I tried, I learned something recently on a course and it was an amazing statement. Um, I have to credit him, Tony Robbins, because he's, would, he's yeah. just very inspiring. He's amazing. Um, but he said, where focus goes, energy flows. And I really yeah. connected with that. I was like, wow, that's a really powerful statement. You know, like, I believe we're all energy um, and everything is energy. And what where the energy goes, you know, that's what kind of happens. It's yeah. what I found. So, like, for instance, to put it quite sort of... Simply, I guess, if you, you're in a bad mood and you go out one day and you're in your car 
and mm. you're kind of honking and everyone's kind of giving you the finger and shouting, <laughs> and they, you know, and then somebody parks in your space and you kind of feel like you're just kind of in a really low, vibey kind of mood, right? Yeah. And then if you go out and you're in a happy mood and you're smiling, hi, and everyone says hi to you and everyone lets you go on the road and you get that parking space. Yeah. And I kind of feel like it's so simple but people kind of make it so complicated for themselves. And yeah. I, I, I'm not saying, oh, I'm amazing, I'm perfect. I absolutely feel that for a while I was very much like that. I let life yeah. kind of happen to me. Yeah. Um, and another kind of little nugget I got from that course was that life should happen for you, not to you. Um, and that's very much about, again, controlling, being conscious. Yeah. You know, being conscious of what of what you're thinking, feeling, saying, yeah. your words, you know, because your words can then translate yeah. into what happens. And may sound a bit trippy for some people, but mm. I truly believe that, you know, that that's the way it is. I believe that too. And I've seen that time and time again in my life that what I think about, what I put in my mind, what I focus on becomes my reality you know, we are so susceptible to suggestion. I think people don't really realize how, you know, just thinking of one thing and then if that's a negative thought, letting yourself kind of um, fester on that can actually destroy your life. Mm -hmm. Just one simple thought or one statement that somebody says, words are yeah. extremely powerful. So we have to be careful and mindful of, what we allow in from others, and Absolutely. also what we choose to think about. And the concept that we can choose to think about things, I think, baffles a lot of people because we have constantly so many thoughts coming into our minds. But we don't have to let those thoughts stay there. You can have a thought come into your mind and you can look at that thought kind of objectively uh, we have that power as human beings to take take a step back and look at that thought and say, hmm, what do I want to do with that thought? Do I want to keep it here in my brain or do I want to put it on a leaf? This is a visualization okay. exercise I like to do with people. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I am a hypnotherapist. I haven't practiced for a little while, but I absolutely love it. And with the client's almost every single client <clears throat> I've had, I do this mindfulness exercise. So I'll say, you know, close your eyes and you'll notice all these thoughts coming into your mind and practice taking each thought and placing it on a leaf on a stream. So just imagine that you're sitting by a stream and you've got all these leaves on the stream and place the thoughts on the stream and watch them flow away from you. And what you'll notice is that some thoughts will come back round again. That's inevitable. That's the nature of the human mind. Other thoughts will just continue flowing. Some are harder to let go of, but with practice, with intentional, mindful, conscious thought and practice, it's possible and so, so important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a big part of kind of staying sane isn't it during this covid period for both of us and you know hopefully other people too is that you kind of need to kind of train your brain to think in a positive way yeah. and even if you're having a bad day and everyone has bad days you know i definitely 
have a few here and there, you mm. know, um, they're getting better. I mean, I have to say that ever since I've kind of become more aware, become mm. more conscious and made better choices in my mind and what I let in, I've definitely had less bad days or when I'm, I, I sort of can catch myself, you know, oh, yeah. you know, I've got to come back to the present moment. Mm. And I think it's all about being in the present moment and not knowing what's going to happen with the schools or when we're going to get out of lockdown or when they're going to open up the country again. It, again, it's all beyond our control. We need to stay in the present moment and kind of, I think it's also allowed us to, most people really, to be grateful yeah. for all the the little things, right? So like yeah. you go on your nature walks with your family. And, yeah. You know, you see in the spring and you see the blossom on the trees or there's a blue sky or there's snow, you know, there's just those little things that usually you'd miss because you're on your phone or you yeah. know, you're rushing to work or you're rushing to school or, you know, you're rushing somewhere. Mm. And that rushing, I feel, definitely has stopped for a lot of us, you know. I think that's a really good point is just the noticing the little things. And I think we're going to talk about that in a minute, sort of what other um, maybe daily habits that we incorporate in our lives. But certainly... We miss so much because we are on our phones. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I've started doing in the last few months is not using my phone as much. And one day a week, I don't use my phone at all. And that's been a conscious choice that I made, which has allowed me to really feel more connected mm -hmm. to everything, to myself, to my family, to nature, to the universe. And it's been fantastic. So that's something I would really highly recommend is that all people find, even if it's just like one hour uh, a week, start yeah. with one hour a week, put your phone away and do not look at it. And you'll probably, if you're like me, you'll notice yourself <laughs> wanting to check it, but you'll catch yourself and you'll free, you're freeing yourself up. You're giving yourself that space to be. And you know, I've been going for so many walks. Sometimes when I have my phone, I take pictures and sometimes I just look. Yeah. Because sometimes you're just so busy taking the pictures. Yeah. And I do that as well. <laughs> yeah. Even with the kids as well. I'm like, I don't want to miss anything. I want these memories. And yeah. sometimes you just need to enjoy the moment. Right. It's so nice to just sometimes just be. Yeah. And just to notice what it's like to just be and to not be afraid of the sort of real experiencing of the world, experiencing of life. So that's a gift, I believe, that COVID has given all of us yeah, if we allow ourselves to see it through that lens. I very much feel that gratitude is a big part, big part of this, big, big positive from COVID, for yeah. sure. Yeah. You, you've integrated uh, gratitude into your daily life, I yes. know. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so for quite some time now, I, um, I, ha I actually had a big tragedy in my life, which I'm very happy to share. Mm -hmm. um, I, we had a little girl um, four years ago, just over four years ago now. Uh, she was number three. Um, and she was born unwell and then unfortunately passed away at 10 weeks. So that shook up my life like I think nothing mm. else could. Um, not COVID, not anything. <laughs> um, and I think that's why my attitude to COVID maybe is a little bit different to 
and my perspective is a little bit different to a lot of people's because I kind of, when something like that happens to you, it shakes your world, shakes you to the core and you either bounce back or you die, <laughs> you know, like yeah. you either give up. Mm-hmm. So um, I chose to, after, you know, a long period of grieving and I still grieve in different ways, um, a lot of self-reflection, a lot of therapy, um, I've kind of come through the other side, I feel, um, still carrying her with us, but, you know, totally a different person. And I wouldn't be who I was today without her. And so that kind of, sorry, coming back to the mm-hmm. gratitude, kind of f- sort of looked at myself and I thought, what can I be grateful for? Um, and started realising so much. I could be grateful for so much. And every morning I started saying, I guess, prayers or, or gratitude prayers or whatever you want to call it um every single morning when I wake up and then I do a meditation um at the moment it's a bit here and there because the kids homeschooled get you online right get you online Mm. okay take the baby back to bed and do a meditation um (laughs) but I always make sure that once a day at least I do a meditation I've now started saying gratitude prayers at night and trying to do a meditation at night as well that's really amazing yeah so for me that has been such a huge help um and also kind of therapy for me was great but when you talk and you talk and you talk and after a while you're like I don't know if I can talk anymore yeah you know like there's nothing else to say I kind of for me I just needed to get on with it um and I needed something more practical that I can incorporate in my life that would keep me sane keep me going and actually I've used it through covid so it's been really incredible and just carried me through um I mean, yeah. I, I remember when that happened in your life and I just could, I was in awe, to be honest with you, just how gracefully you handled that. And I think that every single mother, uh, was just had her, you know, had her heart broken in half, just thinking about what she went through. So the fact that you were able to come out the other side with such a positive attitude is just so inspirational and beautiful. So thank you for for sharing that. And hopefully that can, you know, Lois's uh, story of losing her daughter and how she now, you know, has incorporated gratitude and, and, and mindfulness and prayers and whatever works for her and is living and, but like not just living, I mean, you're thriving. I'm definitely thriving. I'm no longer surviving. I'm thriving. Yeah. And I definitely felt for a long time that I was just surviving. And it's, it's nowhere to, it's no way to live. I mean, I was like living for my kids, but for me, I was like, there was no self-care. There was no, I just wanted to drink and, you know, do things that were bad for me and eat things that were bad for me and not really care. Yeah. about myself I just wanted to just I just had to look after my kids like that was my top priority yeah um, but by not looking after myself I realized now that I wasn't really doing my was kind of doing my kids a disservice you know because you have yeah. to fill up your own tank before you can give to others you do and I think that's just something that um probably everybody who's listening can relate to whether you are a parent or not because as a human being we all have we're all sort of torn in many different directions and I think that filling up one's own tank and really taking the time to nurture yourself and love yourself 
but not in like a new agey kind of way. <laughs> like, well, you know, or, or a new agey kind or, of way if you feel like it. Yeah, right? I guess it could be like whatever way you feel <laughs> yeah. like, but really just finding a way, let's yeah. put it like that, of, of tapping into what fills up your tank. And what I know just from talking to people and the media is that people during coronavirus have been drinking a lot. Yeah. And have been eating a lot and have not been exercising. You know, if you're in this in that boat, you're not alone. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's becoming, you know, it's the health of the nation, the health of the world is declining dramatically, not because of infections of coronavirus, but because of the consequences of not being sort of in a normal world and I think that now more than ever we need to be doing those things that that actually fill us and there's this misconception I believe and I do not in any way condemn people who drink or whatever you do to kind of make you relax or help you relax you know but but I think that maybe people just do certain things sometimes in excess because they think that it's working for them because it's a known coping mechanism because it's numbing and because it's accessible. But you know, something I would like for people to think about, I challenge people to ask themselves that question that I mentioned earlier, which is, is this really working for me? Mm -hmm. You know, if you find yourself... And be honest with yourself. Exactly. You know, really. And sometimes we don't want to be honest with ourselves. We just want to kind of, we want to black it all out. You know, I think we don't want to feel sometimes. Yeah. And for a long time I was like that. I did not want to feel. Um, And some, and eventually it kind of catches up with you and you kind of have to feel. You have to feel, you have to be honest with yourself and come out of your comfort zone and really see what's not working for you because you know it might be that you take mm-hmm. those things out of your life simply or not simply mm-hmm. but when you do it you could be happier than you've ever imagined and you had no idea right totally you know this, so it's kind of I think about like just shifting things around playing around and maybe just allowing yourself um to try different ways of being you know Mm -hmm. try different ways of being I think people get so stuck in their identity as I'm a person who x y or z you know what I mean I'm a person who exercises or I'm a person who doesn't exercise you know I'm a person who uh like has my nightly two glasses of red cabernet and I oh no I'm a person I never drink you know it's like people get so stuck in these ways story isn't it and and what you tell yourself you become Exactly. So exactly. And so totally. Right. And I mean, I'll be honest, I'll share some, a little bit of information about myself. I went through a very difficult time this last year and, you know, there were periods of time when I was drinking a bit too much and, you know, I wasn't feeling that good and I was not taking proper care of myself. Um, and, and it, and it really showed, you know, I was feeling nervous. I was on edge and my kids, um, suffered as a result of me not taking good care of myself. So I've been focusing in the last six months on really, really reprioritizing and asking myself, like, is this working for me? Is, is drinking wine working for me? And the answer for me was no, 
Um, it doesn't mean that it's the answer for everybody, but I decided that that wasn't working for me. And it's actually really nice to just drink some herbal tea at nighttime. I find it to be more relaxing, interestingly. Uh, but you know, I think wine has a time and a place. <laughs> um, and just, I've also incorporated, uh, similar to Lois, I've incorporated thankful, being thankful. So sort of taking some time each morning to really focus on gratitude, to focus on not even necessarily what I'm thankful for, but just even just the concept of gratitude itself lends itself to me feeling more thankful for everything that I have <laughs> and wanting less, being more content with what's here now. Yeah, the present moment. Yeah, being in, the, being in that present moment that we're talking about. Yeah. This has been such an interesting and wonderfully enlightening conversation. It's been great. It's been good to talk. Yeah. And I mean, so in terms of um, other habits maybe that, you know, you incorporate in your life, in your days, maybe other habits, do you have any suggestions? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so um, I do like to try and get out for a walk once a day because I think, for me, nature really, and I know for you too, right? Yeah. Um, it really helps to get out into nature, get some fresh air. Um, I like to do my 10-minute hit workout when I get a chance. So I do try and get that in there. <laughs> um, unless it's a really demanding day um, with the homeschooling at the moment. But when the kids are at school and the baby... My husband works from home, so I'm quite lucky. Mm. Um, I can kind of say, 10 minutes. I just need 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, which just revives me. Um, and reading reading where I can and quite a few interesting podcasts have come my way as well mm. recently um, and I did an amazing seminar online with Tony Robbins um, which was incredible which my husband did with me and I have to say it's you know I, I really feel that it's it was inspiring and kind of life-changing actually if I'm really honest it mm. sounds like it's a big you know, big ask, you know, to have something life-changing online, you know, it was, it was kind of, I was a bit sceptical at first, but actually it really was, it was amazing. I, I don't really know how to put it into any other words because it was that good. Yeah, I mean, you um, were saying that actually you didn't feel like it's reinvigorated your marriage. Totally, and, yeah. yeah. My life, really. I mean, yeah. it's just kind of, even though I was feeling pretty good and doing, you know, having these habits and stuff, it's it's kind of like a bit of self-learning, you know, mm. and I feel like we're always learning. We should, no one should ever think that they've stopped learning, even at the age of 99. There's always something to learn, something new every day, right? Um, and I think to keep that kind of open mind, just all of these things, being conscious mm. and, and just kind of a bit more humble, thankful, you know, always looking for ways that I can give back as well, like... There's a few people who have wanted money for charities recently. And I'm like, I'm just going to give, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm not going to worry about my own situation right now. I'm on maternity leave. So, you know, it's, you mm -hmm. know, it is what it is. Um, but I, I very much always used to feel a lack and now I don't feel that lack anymore. I feel, you know, like I can just give and feel good about it and it will just come back. That's amazing. I love that. And I think that what you just said sort of like living your life and acting from a place of abundance yeah and love 
it's that love and abundance and it's that mindset that you get into. So if you project yourself almost not into the future, but into the the best version of yourself yeah. where like you kind of imagine your life as if you already have everything yes, that you have exactly. what you want that you yeah. need all of your desires have been fulfilled then if you live and you act from that space things tend to I find just some kind of like skyrocket you yeah. know snowball yeah. And, you know, and, and, and it's that energy and that like joie de vivre and that zest that you get that feeling of almost like euphoria that people get when, you know, when they are fulfilled and to live your life feeling fulfilled. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Not from a place of lack and deficit, but from a place of abundance and fullness. A hundred percent. And a lot of people think that that might be a really hard thing to do, mm. but it's so annoyingly simple. Yeah. You know, like it's just, it's crazy. And I think it's different. It, I think for everyone, unlocking that is different in everyone. Because for me, it was the meditation, listening to different inspiring people that have kind of come up with these ideas um, that they actually work weirdly yeah. um and and know this wisdom that I've just been kind of immersing myself in it so much not just Tony Robbins but all these different people that do meditations and write books and have really looked yeah. into this stuff some are doctors scientists you know that have kind of come to to a more spiritual place using science which is quite crazy but amazing and my husband's very scientific he's a, he's a little bit skeptical yeah um but he you know he's he was so into this the thing that for him was the tony robbins thing it unlocked him yeah because it was more practical advice you know it was mm. do you know what i mean like totally. it, it totally spoke to him yeah yeah whereas it's very individual it spoke to me but the meditation had already kind of done that for me the the, the people that I was listening to before had already kind of put these seeds in my mind. Yes. And this brought it to life. So I, I very much think that you have to find your niche, your thing. Yes. That gets you going, you know? Yeah. I think that's really important what you just said. For me, uh, it's been certain books have been instrumental and like life changing really that I've read recently. So the first one was Victor Frankl's A Man's Search for Meaning, which is, have you read it? No. Okay, I'm going to lend it to you. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's a seminal work. And, you know, he uh, he was in uh, Auschwitz. Wow. And he coined, he was a psychotherapist, really amazing psychotherapist who then went through the most, like, you know, arduous and difficult uh, experience being in this death camp. And wow. and he talks about how he got through it and how he saw the observations from, like, a psychological perspective that he made of other people who, like, who were the people who thrived and who were the people who perished. And it was all about mindset. It was all about what you believed. And he said at one point that he could tell which people had given up and he could predict within a number of days which people would die based on whether or not they started smoking because it was almost impossible to get a cigarette in Auschwitz. But 
if you were willing to trade your food, your life, your sustenance for a cigarette, which would bring you instantaneous pleasure, yeah. it meant that you'd given up. Yeah. Because you just wanted that you you your goal, you your vision of esca- of escaping or being released was gone. Wow. Your hope was gone, and that's the important yeah, thing. It's hope. the word hope. Yes. And then there was this other book that I read by Dr. Edith Egger, also a psychologist. You can tell what like my niche is here. <laughs> and her have, this is an amazing book, which also I'm going to okay, lend you. Yeah. It's just phenomenal. It's called The Choice. Okay. And she was also in Auschwitz. We've got a wow, theme here. Wow. Now, I read these two books because they were recommended to me by my therapist, mm-hmm. because I think actually everybody should have some kind of therapy. Yeah. And it was, for me, a way of, I guess, putting things in perspective. And she also talked very much so about her experiences. And she was, a, you know, a subject of Dr. Mengele's. She was a ballerina from Hungary. And she had to perform for him. And, you know, she almost died. And it was just awful. But how she came out the other side. And then she became a psychologist. And she went on to help so, so many people. And what she said, I think is also really important here, is that everybody's suffering is equal. So your suffering, what you've been through, is no more or less than maybe something that I or someone else yeah, has sure. gone through. It's all very perspective. And yes, and that we all suffer and that we all have a choice how we're going to deal with a situation. 100%. You know, so you can go through a horrible, horrible life altering event, like losing your baby, being in Auschwitz, living through a pandemic, or it could just even be something on a much more minor level, like being fired from a job, but it's all bad, you know, and it's about how we deal with it and what we put in our minds. Definitely. Because what you put in your mind nobody can ever take away from you yeah that is so true that is so true <laughs> there's one book on the on the back of that actually about the mind and um, that i read recently called quantum healing by deepak chopra oh yeah and it was written in the 80s so it was, it's really old but he the new version has a section at the end of each chapter called expanding the topic mm-hmm. so he wrote that much later which is really interesting because you get a couple of different perspectives um it's quite a heavy book yeah. So you do, it's taken me a while to read it, especially with kids around. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's all, again, about your mind, about your yeah. training your mind to almost control what's going on in your body. Yeah. Well, you can. And my, yeah. hip, my hypnosis training has taught me that. I started with hypnosis when I was uh, pregnant with my first child, 10 years ago or however yeah I guess it was almost 10 years ago and I did hypnobirthing and that was so so important for me in my life because giving birth to my child um, using the power of my mind to control the sensations in my body was and I know you did hypnobirthing yeah, as well I did, yeah. yeah yeah and like it's just phenomenal it amazing yeah, yeah. So it was like that, it was that that got me into it. And then obviously, you know, from there things, you know, the snowball effect happened and I started learning more and understanding uh, something that in the hypnosis world we call psychophysical association. So guys, it's a real thing. (laughs) (laughs) What you put in your mind uh, becomes, you know, becomes, manifests, becomes your body, becomes your life. 
100%. So I think we're going to leave it there yeah. for today. But this has been a wonderful and very conscious conversation. It has. It has. <laughs> it's been great. Great to uh, speak to a friend. Yeah. I'm so and happy. So nice to just sit here with you and have a cup of tea and just chat. All right. So we are going to see or speak to all of you soon. Please, if you like this podcast, would love to have you as a subscriber. And I guess you can just expect a lot more of, you know, interesting conscious conversation. Lois and I will be putting out lots of more episodes where we talk about all things conscious. Conscious. (laughs) Bye. All right. Talk to you all soon. Bye.